Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. For the first time in 10 years, after years of suffering, uh, we had that six-year, eight-year, however long it was, I don't want to remember, playoff drought. Had lineups considering of guys like uh, Robert Sacre and um, Jeremy Lin and all those great players. Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly. Um, I, I try to, you know, Wesley Johnson. Uh, he actually wasn't too bad, but uh, Kendall Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> try to forget those days. After years of suffering, which was unlike anything the Lakers franchise has ever suffered before, they missed the playoffs more times in that stretch than they had in the history of the franchise prior. Um, first playoff berth in seven years. The Los Angeles Lakers are in the NBA Finals. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, AD in his first NBA Finals, taking on the Miami Heat. Daniel, before we get into you know the breakdowns, the uh, preview and whatnot, I just want to know, how are you feeling right now? Man, it is so good to see the Los Angeles Lakers back where they belong in the NBA Finals. I, I was 10 years old the last time they made it to the NBA Finals and won Game 7, four-point game, 83-79 against the Boston Celtics. Whew. It was one of the best games I think I've ever seen. Uh, in my life and I remember it to this day I was in San Francisco walking around Fisherman's Wharf wearing my my purple and gold Kobe jersey and everybody was high-fiving me on the streets congratulations you know the Lakers good job on your Lakers good job on your Lakers and I'm ne- that's something I'll never forget and I'm hoping that you know something like that happens this year where I'm you know I'm here at school and people are like hey congratulations because man I've been waiting for the Dodgers to win it my entire life and the <laughs> Lakers had you know they've won a couple but I only remember like the two of them, the one against the Orlando Magic and the one against the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to get number three, you know, that I was kind of conscious of, especially now that I'm older and I can kind of really fully understand what it means to win an NBA title. Yeah, man, it's great. Um, I'm a noted LeBron James stan. I'm not going to pretend like I am not. Uh, so him being on the Lakers is just perfect. Uh, I'm excited for LeBron to potentially win championship number four. Uh, my biggest uh, gripe with LeBron, arguments against LeBron, is how many championships he has won because his career is not yet over. Uh, who knows? He could retire a six-time champion like MJ. Who knows? Um, but, man, it, it's exciting. It just it doesn't feel real. I, I don't know if, that's, if you have the same feelings. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of it is the time of year, you know, what's going on in the world. You know, we got football going right now. I'm a huge football fan, just overall football fan. Uh, diehard Dodger fan, so I've been you know keeping up with that. We got MLB playoffs, uh, the Stanley Cups going on right now. I'm not a big hockey guy. I know you're you're a pretty big hockey guy yourself. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so much going on right now. I mean, heck, the U.S. Open just happened. The Masters is happening in like a month and a half. Um, it's it's not used to that. You know, I'm not used to that. Yeah. NBA Finals is always in the summer when nothing else is really going on. Uh, baseball's in the dog days of summer. You know, May June baseball that doesn't really matter. Um, and, you know, football's not going on. There's just nothing. And it just it, – this feels different. You know, the bubble, there's no fans. I just – once they suit up in the NBA Finals game one, hopefully win game one, I think once I see it, I'll believe it. And it's almost the matchup too. You know, we went into the fi- uh, the playoffs expecting to beat both the Clippers or at least play both the Clippers and the Bucks, and that's who we had to get through to win the NBA Finals. Didn't have to play either of them. Um, so maybe that contributes to it. You know, Lakers heat just feels like such a weird – finals doesn't it like not the lakers side of it but the miami heat um so it doesn't feel real yet but i mean it'll feel real once they you know 
opening tip off uh wednesday on the 30th 6 p.m pacific 9 9 p.m uh, eastern man i don't know it's weird i don't know how to explain it it is for sure it's a great time to be a sports fan like any any sport you like if you like multiple if you only like one like no matter why you're listening to this podcast like you can agree it's a great time to be a sports fan because we've never seen this mlb nba nhl nfl college football even oh yeah didn't mention uh, that going off at the same time pretty pretty cool and it's a good time to be an la sports fan too and the lakers are in the nba finals the dodgers are you know the world series favorites rams are playing good football like it's a good time to be an la sports fan for sure uh don't leave out the chargers uh, the chargers on an la team buddy <laughs> um <laughs> yeah you mentioned you know good time to be an la sports fan like you know, depending how long this series takes, um, if it's a sweep for either team, the earliest this series could end is October 6th, which is not, that's only like eight days from now. That's crazy to think the NBA season could be done eight days from now. Um, the longest it could last is October 13th. Let's just say, for simplicity's sake, it goes to game seven, October 13th. I believe the World Series is set to be played around Halloween time. So that means if the Lakers go to game mm-hmm. seven and beat the Miami Heat and they become NBA champions, and the Los Angeles Dodgers win the World Series, L.A. could have its two most popular sports teams by a wide margin. You know, I know there's probably Rams fans listening to this, maybe some Raiders fans from back in the day, some Charger fans like me, maybe. Um, Maybe not, hopefully not some Angel fans. Uh, Just kidding. We love you all. Um, But, you know, two most popular teams by a mile. It's not even close, in my opinion. Winning a championship two weeks or two and a half weeks apart from each other. Like, that's incredible. That's never before been done, at least to my knowledge. Yeah, there's, like, title towns. You know, Boston had the year where I think all four major sports teams won in, like, a 16-month span. But to have both of your teams win in a two- to three-week span is just incredible. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm hoping that, you know, L.A. LA needs it, man. I, I feel like both of the major – I think it's it's hard to disagree with the fact that the Lakers and the Dodgers are the two biggest franchises in L.A., like – they run L.A. Yeah. I, I know they try to claim that the Angels are in the L.A. market, that the Clippers, <laughs> you know, it's the L.A. town. Obviously not after watching this year. Um, but just overall, like, you have to be happy for the city of Los Angeles right now through this time. Like, it's something to look forward to. The The way the Lakers are playing and the way the Dodgers are playing, it almost gives the city hope in a way. Yeah. Especially on the Lakers side after, you know, the really tragic passing of Kobe Bryant. Like, this is the year to do it. 2020, it's been 10 years. This yeah. is the year to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, not to talk about the Dodgers too much, but it's been uh, 32 for them too. Um, you know, Lakers, obviously they won 10 years ago and everything with Kobe. I will say I do think Dodger fans, and there's a lot of overlap there. Dodger fans, I don't think get enough credit for being tortured. We are tortured, Daniel. We really are. You think of yeah. other <laughs> baseball teams, you know, that have tortured fan bases like the Mets and everything. Like, look, they haven't won in 32 years, and they've gotten oh so close so many times. Like, I'm just sick of it. You know, that's another reason why I feel like it doesn't feel real is because, like I said, I can see the Lakers and the Dodgers both win in a two to three week span. Like, that's unheard of, man. I just, yeah, how happy I would be if both happens. You know, <laughs> non-sports fans listening to this might roll their eyes at us, but sports provides an escape, man. You know, it's that sense of family, togetherness, and um, there's just nothing I would love more for the Lakers and the Dodgers both to win. And just, I would probably cry. I'm not going to lie. I would cry. It would be awesome, man. The adrenaline rush. What is it? The dopamine high? Yes. That would be something, man. That would be something. I'm, Man, I'm hoping at least one of them take it down. If two of them can take it down, I will be beside myself with happiness. If none of them take it down, I'm going to be Very sad. in a world of hurt. <laughs> um, I will say this. 
I don't know if I should make it the Lakers and the Dodgers. I'm not going to make it the Lakers and the Dodgers because this is just a Lakers podcast. If the Lakers win the NBA Finals, Daniel, the first episode after the NBA Finals, the celebratory episode, I will sing our outro song, just a cappella, just my voice. <laughs> okay, bet. <laughs> yes, I will sing it. <laughs> just just my voice, a cappella. Um, it'll be great. So that's something to look forward to if you're the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. I got to put something on it. I'm a gambling man, so but this is a good thing. This isn't something I would regret too much. Um, before we jump into the preview and everything, though, we want to return an old segment, a segment that returns at the start of every series. Maybe we'll bring this back for every NBA Finals game since we have a a, a leaderboard that we need to decide. That's staggering statistics, Daniel. We both bring staggering statistics to the table. We quiz each other. Uh, if you get the question right, you know, based on our parameters, you get a point. We are two and two. We both have two points, I should say, on the year. We're tied going in the NBA Finals. We should do this a few times. Um, yeah, it's a fun. I got a good one. Do you want me to go first? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been phenomenal in the playoffs. Some would say, and I, I am some, he is the best player in the playoffs this year. Uh, he leads all players in win shares. He leads all players in win shares per 48. Uh, he has a 30.4 PER. Um, his box plus minus is 8.8. He's just been phenomenal. Uh, AD, you know, I love LeBron and we'll touch on him a little bit later, but AD has just, this has been his coming out party now. So like I mentioned, he's leading in win shares per 48. He has 0.295 win shares per 48. Daniel in the history of the NBA playoffs. Let's see. Anthony Davis has 539 minutes played in the history of the NBA playoffs. Only eight players or I should say only eight times, I believe it's six players, only eight times has a player averaged .300 or better win shares per 48 minutes with at least 400 minutes played. So you, you got the parameters? You following? I need you to repeat that. Okay. Eight players, or I should say eight times, six players ever. So six players ever have averaged .300 win shares per 48 minutes with at least 400 minutes played in an NBA playoffs just year. Uh, AD is at 0.295. So if he has a good finals, he very well could join this list. Six players. I'm going to need you to name. I'm going to make it easy on you because, you know, we're, I'm happy it's the NBA finals. <laughs> I just need you to name th- three is a little too easy because I feel like two of them you get it right away. I need you to name four. Four of the six, you get three strikes to average 0.300 win shares per 48 minutes with at least 400 minutes played. All right, so I'm going to start off with LeBron and Jordan. Yeah, okay, so those were the two easy ones that I didn't want you to. Uh, LeBron, actually, best playoffs ever in terms of win shares per 48 minutes. The 2008-2009 NBA playoffs, or just the 2009 NBA playoffs, average .399, almost got to .4, which is just incredible. Um, That's crazy. He also did it in, no, that was the only time he's done it. Uh, Jordan's done it twice. So Jordan, okay, so there's seven players, my mistake. Jordan's done it. In 1991, he has a .33, and he did it in 1996 with a .306. So you have two of the correct answers. I still need, I still need more, you to get I four. Three strikes? Yeah. Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant is not a correct answer, Daniel. Ooh. While you consider your next answer, I will tell you what his highest win shares per 48 minutes has been in the NBA playoffs. There are some former Lakers on this list. I will say that. Yeah, I think my next three guesses or next eh, next few will be uh will be lakers yeah it should i can't 
figure out Kobe's numbers. Who are you thinking? Walk me through your thought Magic process. Johnson. Magic Johnson. So before I tell you that, Kobe's best win shares per 48 minutes in the NBA playoffs is 0. .260 in 2000-2001. So it's weird. In 2009-2010, he was only averaging 0. .190. Um, Magic Johnson wow. is not one of the players. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm between three Lakers right now. Three you, guys who have played for the Lakers. Who are you thinking? These aren't your final answers. Just tell me who you're thinking. The three Lakers that are on my mind are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, and Shaq. I will not confirm nor deny if any of those players are on this list. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw, since I need two more and I have two more strikes, or one more strike. I'll give you two more strikes because I'm a nice guy. I'm going to say all three of them. Well, I, I need a I need a specific order because... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the players. In 1977, he averaged .332 win shares for 48 minutes. And Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal is not one of the players listed, Daniel. Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain is one of the players listed. Okay, you got, got it because I gave you an extra strike. <laughs> Will Chamberlain had a point three two three win share in nineteen sixty four as a member of the San Francisco Warriors, not the Lakers. Um, Kareem's wow. came with the Lakers. Uh, LeBron's came with the Cavs. We also have another former Laker. Can I don't I try to get the rest. Yeah, if you want, there's another former Laker. I don't think you'll get this other former Laker, quite frankly. Hmm. That was not a hint. His name's not Frank. <laughs> <laughs> So you're missing number two on this list, the second best playoff of all time in terms of win share per 48. You're missing number six on this list, and you're missing number seven. I'll be honest, I've never heard of the number seven guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he is a Hall of Famer, so maybe that's just on me. <laughs> this might be might be a stretch. I don't know. But Tim Duncan? Uh, you're on the right path with the Spurs, but it's not Tim Duncan. Oh, damn. Okay. And then I'm going to guess Jerry West. Not Jerry West either. Okay. Who are they? George Mikon. 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 I think oh, it's Mikon. Okay. Wow. 1954. Second best playoff of all time. 0.391 win shares for 48. Oh, excuse me. I keep punching my mic. Um, Kawhi Leonard, number six. Kawhi Leonard, who don't forget, Ooh. blew a 3-1 series lead to the Denver Nuggets um, in the second round of the NBA playoffs this year. Had a 0.314. What was that? And then I said he didn't come to play in game seven. He, he did only not. played the first six games of the series. Absolutely. Uh, with the Spurs in 2017, .314. And then we have the last one, the guy I haven't heard of, but he is a Hall of Famer. Cliff Hagan? I think it's Hagan? H-A-G-A-N? Yeah. He played for the St. Louis, uh, I believe that's the Kings before they were the Kings. I think it's just the St. Louis Kings. Um, yeah, never heard of him. St. Louis Hawks. I was wrong again. Interesting. In the 50s. So, so you I get it. it. Yeah, you got it. So AD, <laughs> oh. though, that's a pretty, you know, that's a that's, list with LeBron yeah. James, Michael Jordan, Kareem, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Kawhi 3-1 Leonard. Uh, <laughs> that's a big list to join <laughs> if he could join it. What's your staggering statistic, Daniel? Let's hear it. All right. So mine is not centered around the Lakers. centered around a member of the Miami Heat. That's disgusting. A little bit, a little bit about Tyler Hero. Okay. So in this past series, he was absolutely fantastic. Like, he single-handedly won them, I believe it was game five, with his 37 points. Yeah. Like, he's just special. I mean, 20, 20 years old, man. He's almost 21, but 20 years old. He's really accomplishing a lot. Mm -hmm. So my question has to do with his age 
in NBA playoff history. All right. Okay. So he became the eighth player under the age of 23. So 22 or younger. Okay. To score 37 points or more in a playoff game. All right. Okay. He scored 37. But I will say this. He was he's the youngest of all time to score 37 points in an NBA playoff game in the history of the NBA. So the other ones are 21 or 22. The other ones are well Wait, what was the point threshold? 37 points in a playoff okay. game. Okay. And they had to have been younger than, than 23. So 22 or younger. All right. There's. I will tell you that there is somebody else on this list that was 20, but they were older by 29 days when they scored 37 points. See, I could be smart and like try to think of like a superstar whose birthday is in, you know, look at Tyler Hero's birthday and then do the quick calculations. That's way too much work. Oh um, no, please. <laughs> Tyler Hero okay, shot 38.9% from three in the regular season. And he's just been phenomenal in the playoffs. He's a monster. Yeah. All right. So I want you to get five, and I'm going to give you three strikes. Okay. But I'm going to give you two hints. Okay. Give me the hints if I'm down to my last strike. I think I got this. That's how confident I, don't I am. See. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Kobe Bryant. No. What? Strike. Okay. Can I have my hints? <laughs> yes. Your hints are that four of the player of the seven players on this list are current NBA players, and the other one is that two of them have been Los Angeles Lakers at one point or another. Current players, and they have been Los Angeles Lakers. Um. Okay, hold up. I I'm standing up and podcasting. I need to take a seat and think about this and get my thinking face on. Um. Thirty-seven points. At the age of, it's well, this feels so obvious, but it feels so obvious that it might be wrong. I'm going to say LeBron James. LeBron James did it four times in the span of, okay, so when he was 21 with the Cavaliers in the span of six days, he scored 41, 38, and 45 at the age of 21. And he did it at age 22. He scored 48 the following playoffs. So you got LeBron James. He's done it the most of anybody under the age of 23. Now, I kind of – this is an official official guess. I got to think about it. I kind of want to say Anthony Davis. This isn't a guess because they, mm-hmm. he, they did make the playoffs early on. I believe it was 24. 15 playoffs he made it and he was definitely under 23 did he score 37 points i'm not gonna guess him i'm not gonna guess him because i don't think he scored i think that's too obvious and that's my only line of thinking um so how many current players four there are four so you got one you got lebron james oh luca Luka Doncic has done it the second most times in NBA history with three. Did it similar to uh, LeBron in the span of two weeks. He scored 42, 43, and 38 at the age of 21. Jeez, Luka's phenomenal, man. He is amazing. Remember when everyone was... Not my everyone. favorite player in the league, that isn't Alex Caruso. Just want to say that. I love Luka Doncic. He's my favorite. Remember when everyone was like, oh, he's going to be too soft? Like, And they were like, he hasn't played college basketball. He's played in the EuroLeague. Like, the EuroLeague isn't professional basketball 
it's I mean it's an excellent league. It's not like foreign like baseball leagues or foreign hockey leagues, you yeah. know. It's definitely professional basketball. Guys go overseas that you know maybe don't cut it in the NBA and they're still very talented. And he was winning awards at 16, 18 yeah. years old. Like, That's the, he wasn't a mediocre like he wasn't like a a lower all-star, you know, foreign player. He was like the yeah. MVP, <laughs> but whatever. Seriously. Um okay, so current players Let's see. So you got half the currents. There, two of them are Lakers. Well, one that's left played for the Lakers. Um, I want to. So LeBron. I have a wild guess. Go for it. But did he make the playoffs early enough in his career? He's a scorer. A score. A scorer. I don't think he made the playoffs early enough in his career. And if he did, he wasn't good enough early off in his career. I was going to say Carmelo, but I'm not saying Carmelo. Um, I will tell you that Carmelo Anthony is not a correct answer, even though I know it's not an answer. Damian and I Lillard. I will tell you that Anthony Davis also isn't on this list. Hell yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard. It, that's a guess? Yes, that is an actual guess. That is a strike right there. Damian Lillard is <sighs> not on the list. Oh my God, I'm looking at I just wanted his basketball reference after I guessed him, and he came into the league at 22. Ooh. I didn't know he came into yeah. the league so old. Ugh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you played a bit in college, so. Damn, he's already 30. Um, yeah, he's older. You need three more and you have one strike, but I might be nice and give you a second strike. You know what? I will give you a second strike. Go ahead. Steph obviously didn't get up there until he was older. Did KD do it when he was young? I don't think so because he was on that, that Sonics team for a year, and then his early years on the Thunder were just atrocious. Ugh. But did they make the playoffs? Because I think he was one and done. He went to what, Texas, was it? Yeah, he um, went to Texas. Not a big college basketball guy, admittedly. Um, I know you are. They sucked early in his career, but he was probably like 20 when he came into the league. Did he make the playoffs before that? <sighs> Let's see. Oh, no, wait. I'm trying to think. KD came into the league. It was like the 2009 draft, I think it was. 2008. I think. 2008 or 9, yeah. Um, he was probably young, and I know they beat the Lakers, or they played the Lakers, what, 2010, 2011. I think he had a huge... I'm going to say Kevin Durant. That's not a correct answer. You got one more strike to get three players. Man, I really thought I had that one. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan... Not correct. You are done. Didn't he score like 60 in that one playoffs and when he was super young? I saw it on The Last Dance. He, I, he was probably older, dude, because he played four years at North Carolina. Why did Michael Jordan not play four years at North Carolina? Who would do that nowadays? He played three or four years, yeah. That's why he didn't get drafted first overall, because teams were scared off of his age. Okay, so you want to know who is on this list? Yes. So I'll go in chronological order here. The other Laker is Magic Johnson. He scored 42 points at 20 years old. Okay. LeBron did it as four times. Doncic did it three. In these playoffs, or last playoffs, not too sure, actually. Donovan Mitchell scored 38. Um, okay. Tracy McGrady in his rookie season scored 42. Amari Stoudemire at the age of 22 scored 40 and 37. And when you were going around the thunder, I was like, is he going to say him? Russell Westbrook had a 40-point game and a 41-point game at the age of 22. 
So I would like to point out that that 60-point game I was talking about um, did, in fact, technically come in his age 22 season, but he was 23 by two months when he scored 63. So that just breaks my heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (sighs) Whatever. So I got the 3-2 lead now in the staggering statistics. You say I pick hard things, you pick hard things. Yeah, that's where it's a staggering statistic, right, Jason? Yeah, Tyler Hero's on a you know Michael Jordan's on the list and Tyler Hero is. I think Tyler Hero's the GOAT. Michael Jordan, move over. Um, <laughs> but no, Hero's been uh insane for the Heat. Like you mentioned, he's been huge for the Heat uh during their run to the NBA finals. Um I just wanted to highlight, you know, a little bit of their run because they are a team that I admittedly were doubting all the way through the playoffs. Um, I kept saying, I said in the beginning of the playoffs and I kind of uh, stuck with it the whole way through up until now that they're one year away. Um, I got to stay consistent. They are indeed one year away from being a legitimate title contending team, even though they're in the NBA finals. So maybe that, you know, gives a little sneak peek on who I think is going to win the uh, series. Um, but man, dude, they, they just, you know, they came out, they beat the Pacers, which wasn't much of a surprise, honestly, which is crazy. Cause I think when I looked back at that series price, like the heat were only like, like the the Pacers were like plus one eighty and the Heat were like minus like two hundred like something it should have been way higher I think just in retrospect um, mm-hmm. how I didn't jump on that I don't know um, they beat them obviously went up and then just you know punched the Bucks in the mouth yeah Giannis got hurt but they were out of that series before Giannis got hurt um, to be fair though Giannis was on his way to like a sixty point game uh, before he got hurt in Game Four which Chris Middleton ended up taking over and actually won me a parlay not to brag. Um, and then came into this Celtics series, man, and they were close games. You told me before the podcast the Celtics actually outscored the Heat by one point in the series. Um, yeah. And I think it's because they blew them out game four, game five. But the Heat beat them by 12 game six. So I'd have to look at the exact scores. But that was a that was a kind of closely contested series for sure. Um, you know, game one was decided in OT by three points. Game two decided by five points. You know, came down to the wire. Uh, game three or game four, excuse me, decided by three points points and then game five was you know the game six was the blowout i should say 12 points if that's a blowout i will say when the celtics won they won convincingly when the heat won they barely won has that been the story the heat through all the games i don't know i haven't looked um <laughs> but looking right now they've been phenomenal they don't man win a lot of, uh, they don't win a lot of blow in games in blowout fashion i mean in the buck series their largest margin of victory was 15 and okay. the other wins were nine three and two yeah, see, so, and I remember, I don't know if those Pacers games were close. I'd have to look back. Um, and in this series, Jason, against well, the Celtics, their margin of victories were 3, 5, 3, and 12. Wow. Against the the Pacers was the only series. Uh, they beat the Pacers by 12, 9, 9, 12 so those were all close games but yeah the the Celtics and the Bucks were all close which those are two good teams you know that just shows the Heat were able to kind of they're that gritty team that just stays close you know gets to the foul line and just kind of you know grinds out these wins um Mm -hmm. in the playoffs though I wanted to read you their stats Uh, I gotta go back down to them I lost them uh playoffs per game Jesus okay so they have six players averaging double figures in the playoffs that's you know that's not easy to come by uh, uh, Goran Dragic. Do I say his last name right? I'm bad with names. You know that. I say Dragic. Dragic. I think that. I think I might be right on that. I think it's Dragic. Dragic. Good enough for me. Um, 
20.9 points, leading the team in scoring. Jimmy Butler, who's the star of this team, he's not even the main scorer, but he does so much more. He does the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score sometimes. Daniel's favorite thing to talk about with Alex Caruso. Um, (laughs) 20.7 points. Uh, Bam's got 18. Tyler Hero, 16. Jay Crowder, who's been fantastic in the playoffs. Jay Crowder was huge in the Milwaukee series. Uh, You know, just that perimeter defense. Uh, He was huge in Boston, you know, guarding their wings and whatnot. Is going to be huge in this series, probably as LeBron's primary defender. Um, when Jay Butt's not on him. Um, he's at 12, though. Uh, he's shooting the three ball. Relatively good for him, 34%. You'll take that. And then Duncan Robinson's averaging 11 with 40% three-point shooting. Um, yeah, man. Kelly Olynyk six points, another four boards. You got the veteran presence of Iguodala off the bench. He's only averaging four and two and a half, but, you know, it's still Iguodala. He gives you 20 minutes a game, not 20 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes a game. Um, Kendrick Nunn, that's kind of where the, the list ends. Um, but they're good, man. They're deep. They're they're deep with like just gritty, you know, guys. And they, it's just like it seems like they come out every game in the playoffs this year wanting to win more than the other team, which is weird to say in the NBA playoffs because every team obviously wants to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I that's something I really noticed about Game Six against the Celtics is they really just kind of willed their way to win in the fourth quarter. Is the game was tight really late, and they just pulled away in in uh, in Game Six in the fourth quarter. Like the Celtics, they kind of look down at, yeah. at about the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's just kind of the Heat's M.O. at this point. That's Man, I'm just hoping that they don't win some of these close games and make it make it a, more of a dogfight than it should be. Yeah, and like you look back at you know the Clippers when they blew a 3-1 lead, let's not forget, uh, Game 7. <laughs> I'm so funny. Game 7, uh, the Clippers look defeated, man. I need to stop doing that. The Clippers look defeated. They, um, you know, there was a few times down the stretch, I believe it was Marcus Morris, didn't want to take like an open shot. I could be wrong about who it was, but they looked timid. It looked like everyone was just like looking at Kawhi, like Kawhi, save us. Like no one wanted to be there. They knew what was about to happen. The Miami Heat will never do that. You know, Jimmy Butler is not the type of leader to, you know, let that happen. This is a team that, you know, is gritty and they'll be down 25. Like we saw the Lakers in their one loss against the Nuggets this series and they came back and they almost stole the game. Um, That's the difference between championship caliber teams or teams that at least make the NBA finals and teams that don't, teams that may disappoint and blow a 3-1 lead. Um, You know, they're just gritty. I don't care if the Lakers are up 40 points at halftime. I will not, you know, expect a win until the final whistle. Yeah, I'll obviously be comfortable but this is just a team that, you know, I can't rule out. It's not a team that's going to roll over and let the Lakers pat them on the belly when they're down a lot. It's a team that's going to fight to the final whistle. And even if the Lakers sweep them, I feel like these are all going to be competitive games. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, obviously I want the Lakers to win. If the Lakers do happen to lose, I can live with Jimmy Butler getting his ring because I think Jimmy Butler is so criminally underrated in this league. Um, you know, just because of the locker room stuff and everything else going on. But I love Jay Butt. Um, Bam's, you know, great young guy, great young star. Um, Drogic, that'd be great for him to get his ring. Obviously, I, I hope they're sad and the Lakers win. But this is a team I kind of look at like if the Bucks win, it would just be like whatever. I don't know why. I just have this feeling like whatever. With the Heat win, you know, just their story. I wouldn't be too hurt. Just you know, but hopefully Lakers in four, <laughs> so I don't have to stress. Yeah, yeah. And somebody likes the underdog story too. I think Jimmy Butler is underrated too. I, I totally agree with that. I've always been kind of a J Buck guy. Uh, I think the locker room stuff's really overblown because to me it's funny. I actually saw something on Twitter today. Uh, Tyus Jones, point guard in the NBA, uh, 
Jimmy Butler was seen doing something, I forget, with his teammates and like trying to rile him up or something. And Tyus Jones quoted it and said, the only people saying Jimmy Butler is a bad locker room presence are the people who aren't in the locker room. And that's the exact truth. That is yeah. 100% the truth. I mean, for him to be leading this Miami Heat team to the NBA Finals in a year where they weren't expected to do anything, how could you not say he's a great leader? You know, he, yeah. his supporting cast outside of Goran Dragic and maybe Andre Iguodala are young players. Yeah. They're, they're all under the age of 25. You know, Jay Crowder's Robinson, 29. You know, yeah, but that's the next. Who, who'd you say is 29? Jay Crowder. But, you know, oh, Jay that's Crowder's about it. Yeah. It's Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Those guys are very, very young basketball players. And to see Jimmy Butler kind of taking charge alongside those veterans, yeah. kind of impressive. Um, I'm somebody that loves the underdog story. It just kind of sucks that the Lakers are the favorites. <laughs> because, I mean, hey, 538 said that the Heat have a 72% chance to win the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, just but so you know. 538 also said that the Lakers only had a 35% chance of, getting, of beating the Heat. Or beating the uh, the Rockets, so and the Blazers, <laughs> yeah. So obviously analytics are great, and five thirty eight has its value. But um, I think a lot of that stuff is—I don't want to say they do it for clicks, but you know, it's one of those like, oh, really? The Lakers are only this. Like, I, I take that with a grain of salt, quite frankly, because yeah. as analytical as basketball is, and like you can predict things. At the end of the day, you know, it's a game of runs, and especially in the playoffs, it's almost a game of like we said, who wants it more, and just the nerves and everything that almost can't be, you know calculated analytically so you know we'll see because mm-hmm. the rockets are like yeah, an analytical dream i don't want to say dream but you know i was kind of joking when i said the okay good no daniel you're dumb <laughs> just kidding you're not dumb let's be nice to each other um yeah I, I say this with a grain of salt so laker fans don't hate me jimmy butler do you get a little bit of and i'm not talking about all around talent but the way he leads the team and the way his attitude is i get a little bit of kobe vibes i really do Oh, brother. Oh, you don't like that one? No. 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 You don't like and that? Okay. I'll say this for the listeners, too, just so they're aware. I'm, I was never the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. I think Kobe was awesome. You know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I, I thought he was an awesome player. I wouldn't ever have called myself like a Kobe stan, like Jason called himself a LeBron stan. <laughs> I don't think you can really compare anybody outside of Michael Jordan with the mentality that Mamba mentality is something else. And I don't think you can just, I don't think you can pin that on anybody else, especially a player like Jimmy Butler. I don't, I know I didn't let you finish your reasoning, but I'm going to cut you off. Right there. No, I'm going to finish anyways. I'm oh, not saying, ahead. Oh yeah, no, I'm, go ahead. I'm asking with you. Go ahead. I'm not saying it's all Kobe Bryant. You know, I'm not saying like, he's like exactly what Kobe Bryant is. I'm just talking about the stories we heard when he took the third stringers in Minnesota and beat the starting team. And he always wants to kind of be that guy and just he's, you know, Kobe's more, I feel like business in a sense. Like, you know, there's that famous um, clip of him when they're up two Oh in the finals. And he's like, it's not over yet. You know, I feel like Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler would be someone that might celebrate that a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, and be focused yeah. on things like selling coffee in the bubble and stuff. Kobe would probably never do that. Um, but just in terms of being kind of like, I don't want to, for the lack of a better word, um, excuse my French, but kind of being that dick uh, leader, um, you know, I just, I, yeah. I kind of see similarities there. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, I would totally agree with you. I guess if it was more well documented that 
Jimmy Butler was that type of person because he he's not the most liked player in the NBA, like among NBA players. Like yeah. guys don't exactly love Jay Bud. He's not he's kind of an outsider. He doesn't really hang out with the other NBA stars, anything like that. So, you know, maybe that is to say that um he's kind of that uh that little dictator type of thing yeah. that Kobe is on his teams. And you could even say about Michael Jordan pushing his oh, teammates. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, just, I, I, I don't have an issue with that. I don't want to say it like it's a bad thing because, you know, you see those clips mm-hmm. of MJ doing it to his teammates pushing. You know, he never asked his teammates to do something he wouldn't do himself. Um, but, yeah. you know, he would push him. Uh, Kobe would push him. You know, we've seen the clips of him yelling at the teammates after practice, especially in those bad years, you know, telling them how garbage they are and how they need to be better and stuff. Like, I could see – you know, Jimmy Butler doing that in a sense, whereas I don't see LeBron as much of a LeBron stand as I am. LeBron's the kind of guy who's going to go to the media or, you know what I mean? Subtweet uh-huh. someone. And it's just a different kind of leadership. And I think Jimmy Butler is the closest to Kobe just in terms of that type of leadership. You know what I mean? Cause Giannis doesn't yeah. lead like that. Kawhi Leonard's, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know if he oh. is a leader. Um, you know, James Harden obviously doesn't lead like that. Like all the stars, Steph Curry doesn't lead like that. Kevin Durant doesn't lead like that. Like he's kind of the only guy I see doing that, unless I'm just forgetting someone that kind of leads his team like that. So that's kind of where the comparison was. No, for me. I, think, I think you're right. I think you're right because you know what? There's a lot of NBA superstars that are more on the side of just staying quiet. You know, they lead by example. And Jimmy Butler, I think, does a combination of that. He leads by example, but also does it. You know with kind of like a hard press mentality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. And I think that kind of needs to be done on a team like this to be able to succeed. Absolutely. You know, how young uh, these guys are, as we touched on. I, yeah, I, I see that too. I, I like Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy Butler. It's nothing against him. Yeah. And again, as much of a LeBron stand as I am, and I respect LeBron, um, I'm going to be quite frank. LeBron's the better player than Jimmy Butler. I don't know if LeBron makes the finals with his team because of just the way he leads and I feel like he's I feel like Jimmy Butler might be better in getting the most out of younger players whereas LeBron's kind of always been kind of like a performs better with veterans kind of guy um you know and I could be wrong on that but I I could see when things go south a little bit whereas LeBron would almost check out in a sense Jimmy Butler might, you know, get the most out of his guys. I could be completely wrong. Granted, LeBron did lead a terrible Cleveland Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals, but he didn't have to get through the Milwaukee Bucks. So, I don't know. That was a little bit of a LeBron slander by me. The LeBron stand. Wow, surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Purple and gold players, though, Daniel. Uh, Role players on both teams. Uh, Purple being heat players that we want the Lakers to kind of beat up a little bit figuratively, you know, um, keep them from doing their thing. That way the Lakers could succeed. Gold players are role players. We think the Lakers are going to either have a big role in this series, you know, for the Lakers' success or kind of need to have a big role for the Lakers' success. Um, I'll start it off with the obvious. I gave myself this before you started, before we even recorded, I should say. Uh, Tyler Hero is my purple player. Um, you know, he's been great. He's been phenomenal. His shooting, he had that 36-point game, like we mentioned, staggering statistics. Uh, shooting is something that, you know, can win playoff series. We've seen the Lakers come up against good shooters already. You know, the Houston Rockets, I want to say they're great efficiently, but, you know, the the biggest three-point shooters in the league. Um, you know, Dame, great shooter. Jamal Murray was coming into it on fire. You know, Ty Hero's not necessarily those guys, but he's shooting the cover off the ball, and if they can limit his shooting, that makes life a lot easier against the Miami Heat. Yeah, and then your gold player, who is it? I'm going to save that one because it's a little bit of a surprise. Who's your purple player? 
my purple player is going to be Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. And I almost went with Duncan Robinson. You know, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero together as a purple player would have kind of made sense because the Lakers need to limit that three ball from the Heat. You know, going on those wild stretches where Jay Crowder, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson make everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I went with Goran Dragic because he is the veteran presence on this team. He plays a lot of minutes. He starts at point guard for the Miami Heat. And he's kind of the, you know, he's the stereotypical floor general. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he has been fantastic. Heading into the Celtics series, he was averaging almost 23 points a game. He's averaging a few assists. He's grabbing boards, playing defense. I think if the Lakers can find a way to limit him, I don't know who would be defending him personally. I Maybe KCP, Caruso, I don't, I don't know. Um, um, but I think if you can limit some of his offensive pr- production. Yeah. Clog the passing lanes a little bit, make sure that, you know, he's not finding guys cutting to the rim then yeah. you're in good shape. Yeah, you said you don't know you don't uh know who's going to guard him. Um I think my gold player, Alex Caruso. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. My gold player is Alex Caruso. Daniel had the chance to pick Alex Caruso. He picked someone else, you know, the Alex Caruso fanboy did not pick Alex Caruso. Someone say fraud alert. Um he'll tell you his <laughs> gold player in a second. Uh I think Caruso's probably going to guard Jimmy Butler would be my guess. Uh, I think Danny Green might get some looks up Jay Butt. Um Butler's a little bit bigger than Caruso, but Caruso has that strength. Um, You know, we said that he would guard Kawhi or Paul George, you know, if they played the Clippers. So I don't see why he couldn't necessarily guard Jimmy Butler, who's a small forward, kind of in a shooting guard's body. Um, So I think he guards him. I obviously think he's going to help with the hero and Drogic and Robinson when they're in as well. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. J-Butt might be his primary guy, Um, you know, and just his defense, his help defense. I think his help defense might be more important, you know. Jay, but yeah. he is, he's going to give you 20, you know, it is what it is. I'm not really too worried about big games from Jimmy Butler, um, but his help defense, you know, on closing out on these shooters um, and stopping my purple player, you know, that's going to be huge. Um, KCP has been good defensively. Danny Green's been okay. Um, who's your gold player? Is it any of those players? So my gold player is, I, I'm a real big fan of my gold player, the way I've seen him play recently. And I think in this series, he is going to be instrumental to a Laker victory. It's going to be Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. And the reason why I'm picking Dwight Howard is because of the roster construction for the Miami Heat. Bam Adebayo is a fantastic defender. Yep. He's also undersized as a center. He's not as strong as Dwight Howard. He's nope, nope. pretty much what Dwight Howard used to be given two inches they're the high flying act except he doesn't i mean dwight howard didn't pass i can't say that they're similar players but offensively (laughs) they're kind of similar they're on the they're on a similar you know type of wavelength yeah their backup center is kelly olenic you're telling me that (laughs) kelly olenic can bang bodies down low in the post with ad and dwight howard i don't think so i expect (laughs) dwight howard to get 25 minutes plus per game in this series wow for that reason and another reason I will give why I'm taking Dwight Howard is because he's going to open up the offense a lot more. They start they start Bam, they start Crowder, Robinson, Drogic, and Butler, right? Yeah. If you have Dwight on the floor with AD, Bam, say Bam guards AD, who's got Dwight Howard? Jay Crowder? And then if that's the case, who's got LeBron? Obviously Butler is a good defender, but... You know. Probably Butler. Yeah, I, I would say Butler. Duncan Robinson's not the greatest defender. You can't have Drogic on LeBron. No, I think it's mis- mismatch city. Personally, if you have Dwight Howard and AD, the twin towers, down low together, that is that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think the Heat are going to have issues with that. 
because they have not run into a team yet that is really inside oriented. The nope. Celtics like to play the three ball. The Bucks like to play the three ball. And even the Pacers did. I mean, Sabonis, I mean, Sabonis didn't play, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they haven't run into a team that is so oriented on the inside. The Lakers don't shoot the three ball as much as they prob- probably could or should, which I agree with. Thank God for that. <laughs> um, but I think you understand what I mean. Like, I don't know, man. I, I really see Dwight Howard almost being vintage Dwight. I Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal in this series after not even playing the series before. Uh, I want to read something important to you, Daniel. Um, as good as Bam Adebayo is, um, he's fantastic. He is young, a little bit inexperienced. Um, the Miami Heat rank dead last in points in the paint this season. Los Angeles Lakers, Lakers, I said Lakers, Lakers rank second. Um, 10 point difference, just about nine point difference, actually wow. 9.1 point difference. Um, yeah, three ball, obviously that's, uh, a big thing. Um, if you're hitting them, but as we've seen in the playoffs, both with the Lakers and who the Lakers have played, that's not a guarantee hitting them. And if we look at the teams that they've played so far, so let's see, they played Boston, who ranked 19th in points in the paint. Uh, Milwaukee, who ranked 11th, but that's honestly just because of Giannis. It's not, it's Giannis barreling to the rim. It's not, you know, Brooke Lopez, because Brooke Lopez stretches the floor. Um, so without Giannis, that's inflated. It's different for the Lakers, because they have someone inside in Anthony Davis who can work and get points in the paint in that way. And the centers, like you said, Dwight Howard. Um, and then Indiana, 8th, who they didn't have Sabonis. And, you know, obviously that's not the same team. So, you know, I think it's – I like the pick, man. I really do. I think they're going to struggle down low. And it's just if you could stop the shooters, and it almost reminds me of the Portland series. Um, I don't want to say almost. It, it reminds me exactly of the Portland series. Bam is better than Nurkic for sure. Um, and Jay Butt. But, you know, the, the talent in the in the backcourt or the frontcourt, which one is it? Guards or backcourt? Yeah, guards or backcourt. Um uh-huh. The talent there is not what Portland had. And granted, Dame got hurt, but they still played three healthy games of Damian Lillard. Um, and they stopped him, or at least limited him. If they could do that, like I think they could stop the spot-up shooters. And then it really becomes how big of an advantage down low do the Lakers have. And like you mentioned, I think it's massive with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. So I love that pick, Daniel. Yeah, thank you. Wow, give me credit. I think the key is just continuing to execute that zone on defense. Continuing yeah. to play the inside game on offense, but executing the zone is going to be huge for the Lakers because they can't give up the inside presence by playing man-to-man. Yeah. And they're going to live on the three-point line, the Miami Heat are. But yeah. if you don't give up that inside presence, you have somebody down low, possibly two players running like a 1-1-2 one, one, or a 1-2-1 one, one or something like that. Or no, that's – no, I'm stupid. 1-2-2. Two, two. <laughs> that's 100% work. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's rotating. Everybody's closing out. But you don't give up the inside. And if you if you go away from your game plan and you decide to play man-to-man defense on the Miami Heat, they will burn you from the three-point line. They will burn you at the rim. That That's it. You know, it doesn't matter who you have out on the floor. If AD can, you know, contest shots down low in a man-to-man defense, that's fine. But the zone, I'm telling you, they're going to be playing a lot of zone. And if they don't, I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, the Lakers are just so much different than everyone else too, you know, hammering it home. But you look at all the teams who are, it's kind of funny, actually, if you look at all the teams who like lead in points and paint per game, um, it's like a bunch of bad team. I don't want to say bad teams, but non-playoff teams, you know, Memphis was first, Atlanta third, 
uh, the Pelicans fourth, Chicago fifth, Cleveland sixth, Minnesota seventh. Then you get your first playoff team, Indiana eighth, and then you get Brooklyn, who was a shell of themselves going into the playoffs, New York, and then you finally get to the Bucks. Um, it just shows how different the NBA is, but the thing is the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't fit this typical mold of three-point shooting, but they have shooters around them, and they can, you know, score 70 combined points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, on yep. a good night. So, and that's kind of what I want to break down right now. You know, you have LBJ and Anthony Davis. I don't know why I said LBJ. Um, LeBron and AD, best superstar duo, the two best players in this series, versus Butler and Bam. Defensively, what I want to ask you, you know, you mentioned the zone, though. With seeing how LeBron's playing defense and how inspired he is on the defensive end, and then just, you know, AD being a defensive player of the year candidate, you know, some say he should have won. I think Giannis should have won. I think we both do. But he's still a great defender. Like, do you think this is the first team that can actually limit both Butler and Bam? And yeah, they have the shooters and whatnot, but if you can get a combined, do you think there's a game where Butler and Bam only score a combined 30 to 35 points? Oh, very easily. I would say that there's multiple games. And the reason why is because Butler, he's not, he's not one of those, I'm going to go out and score 45 tonight type of players. And neither is Bam. I would totally say that there's a game where the Lakers can keep them under 35 to 40 points. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, the superstar advantage is so heavily favored for the Lakers. You know, Butler, we, you know, we praised him already, but Bam has no experience. Um, Drogic, you know, how he plays and whatnot. But it really comes down to the role players uh, because the advantage is so heavily swayed in the Lakers' favor. The Heat need their role players to be so much better than the Lakers. And I just don't know if I yeah. see that happening. You know, it's just based on who the Lakers have played already as well. You know, like I said, they played a Portland team. Um, you know, who shot, who backcourt, you know, dominant, they shut them down and they played Houston three point barrage, you know, survived that. And then they played the nuggets who are kind of like, keep a game close. You know, they have their role players. Yeah. It's Murray and Jokic, but they also have their role players, um, keep games close gritty. And they got through that. You know, I just, the heat just feel like another matchup that they've already had, you know, and granted, you know, they, their attitude and whatnot is better than the other teams maybe, but I don't know. I like this matchup. I think LBJ and AD uh, lock down Butler and Bam, and I just I don't see how they stop them. You know, defensively, they'll they'll mm-hmm. limit. They'll do good. You know, the Heat aren't a bad defensive team, but I just see LeBron and AD. You know, being locked in and having big games. Yeah, I think that I think you uh, kind of touched on. It. I think the Heat are a team that are largely built on intangibles, um, and I think that's a lot of the reason why they're here. I mean, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to discredit what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. But they kinda, they're kind of A-plus in everything you don't see in the box score, my favorite saying of all time. <laughs> um, they're really a, an A-plus-plus team in that regard. But when you look at LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the top five players in the league, and your star players are Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, both great players. You know, I've said it before on this podcast. LeBron James is the trump card. Absolutely. He's the most battle-tested player in the NBA to date. You know, he's been to the NBA Finals, what, what was it, nine of the last ten years? Yeah, you're taking the words out of my mouth, Daniel. This is the point I was about to make. Keep going. (laughs) This is the tenth time he's been in the NBA Finals. That is ridiculous. Butler, Jimmy Butler, has never been. Bam Adebayo has never even been to the playoffs, I don't believe, right? Uh, Yeah. This is, what, his second or third year, and the Heat weren't great the last few years. Yeah. So LeBron James is the trump card, in my opinion. And when your co-star is Anthony Davis, who can get buckets at will down low, I, I just don't see how the Heat keep up. I just don't. 
so Bam does have playoff experience. Uh, two years ago, they played five games, and he averaged oh, okay. a grand total of 15 minutes, three points. It was that um, that was the uh, Philly series, I believe they played him. There was beef between oh. Dwayne Wade, wasn't there? There was like beef there. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Um, but yeah, you mentioned LeBron, man, and I think, like you said, that's the trump card. Look at who Miami has beaten. Um, the Pacers, obviously bad team. Just scratch them off. Not bad, but bad playoff team. Scratch them off. The Bucks, best team, best regular season team in the league, best player in the league. Not a lot of playoff experience. They can't get past the second round. Um, you know, Giannis, you know, just they seem flustered, um, you know, and it's that grittiness overcomes. And then they play the Celtics. They're a young team. Yeah, they have playoff experience, you know. Uh, Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, a few of those guys were around a few years ago when they went on that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. But for the most part, you know, Tatum, you know, he's just now taking over as the guy on a potential title contending team. Um, Jalen Brown's young. Marcus Smart is kind of like Patrick Beverly. Um, He's fine. Gordon Hayward doesn't have a ton of playoff experience in terms of, you know, getting deep. All these teams, you know, they're not super experienced. So that gritty kind of play style works better. And then you come up against a team like the Lakers, who are the most experienced team in the final in the playoffs by far. LeBron experience, Dwight Howard, NBA Finals experience, Rajon Rondo, NBA Finals experience, JaVale McGee, even if he doesn't play a big role in this, NBA Finals experience. Um, am I missing? Danny Green, NBA Finals experience. Um, Raging Rondo. Yeah, did you say Rondo? I did say Rondo, yes. Um, Dwight Howard's made it to the NBA Finals. I also too. said Howard. Uh, thanks for not listening. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was, I was listening to your rant, but I was like so enthralled with it that I didn't miss the name. <laughs> just so many guys with actual tangible finals experience. Um, that matters. That matters. Yes, you have guys like AD who hasn't got past the second round and uh, KCP and Caruso and Kuzma, but they've been around these guys all season long. You know what I mean? They've... They've learned, you know, how big this is. This might not ever come again. They, you know, how to handle the moment, whatnot. And they're led, like you said, by the most battle-tested player in the league. Potentially, I don't want to say ever, actually. That'd probably be Bill Russell. Um, You know, definitely currently, definitely in the last 20 years, you know, obviously Kobe won more titles, but LeBron's been there more. Um, That's fair to say. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they have that experience, and I just don't see if the Heat's plan is to be gritty and just out-grit the Lakers and out-will them and all of that stuff that they've done to other teams, I don't think that works against the Lakers. I agree. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the Lakers are just too good of a team to be able to will yourself over. You can do that against teams like the Celtics that are, you know, undersized and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not as experienced. Yeah, inexperienced. Collectively. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and even the Bucks too. I mean, they got their share of veterans, but they're not as battle tested as the Lakers are. And I just, I don't see that happening. You know, that's why more and more, and the more and more I talk about this on this podcast, I really think the Lakers are just going to show out. And we'll give you our series predictions later, uh, so you, the listeners will hear that in a second. But man, I just, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more confident I get. Well, let's talk about Game One. Uh, our betting predictions. Uh, you went two and zero in Game Five. I went one and one. Uh, that ties it all up at 13 and 15 for both of us heading into the NBA Finals, Daniel. Um, so this is big. We pick, we predict the uh, the spread and the over under for this game. The Lakers are five point favorites at the time of recording this. It might change by Wednesday, and the over under is 217 and a half. Daniel, since you went two and zero, I will let you pick. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first since I have my picks already. I have my everything down. All right, let's hear it. 
So I'm going to go Lakers minus five, and I'm going to go with the over to 17 and a half. I think the offense is going to kind of come out and play on both sides. Uh, I think the Lakers are going to play fine defense. I think the Lakers are going to win outright by a score of 116 to 108. Okay. So you have the overhitting by seven points. That's comfortable. Around seven, seven and a half-ish. And you have them covering by three, which is probably right. I mean, Vegas is always close. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Here's what I think, Daniel. I know you got cheater, you know, performance enhancing models, PEMs that help you out. And that's why you came back after being down like 10 games. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, here's what I think. You know me. I'm, I'm at my best gambling when I go against what I actually think. What I actually think is going to happen is this is going to be a close, gritty game. The heat will co- cover. The over will hit because it'll be like 112, 110. You know, one of those where neither team scores a bunch, but they both score enough to get over. I think that's going to happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say the Los Angeles Lakers blow the heat out of the water in this game. I say the young shooters are going to get a little nervous. They're going to start missing shots. The Lakers close out defense in their zone is going to stop them from making shots. And then suddenly you have, you know, Jimmy scoring 20, Bam 15, Drogic scoring 20, if if they even score that much. The shooters, if they're not hitting, they're not going to score many more points on top of that. And then the Lakers, I don't think they're going to score a bunch of points, but it's going to be one of those where they kind of get out to a lead in coast like we've seen in the playoffs already. I'm going to say the Lakers score, in honor of Kobe Bryant, 824 points. Just kidding. 108 points, the eight being in honor of Kobe. I'm not going to pick them to score 124. And I think the Miami Heat, 97. 108-97 Lakers. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. And I think it's only that close because they take LeBron and AD out in the fourth quarter and the Heat kind of scratch back a little bit. Interesting. So you really see a blowout. Well, I really see a close game, but I'm bad. So I'm going against what oh, I'm saying. Yeah, true. true. I forgot you were bad. <laughs> well, we have the same record, so we're equally equally as bad. <laughs> um, so we both have Lakers taking game one. Series prediction, Daniel. We've kind of talked about it this whole time. Look, the Heat, like I said earlier, They're a gritty team. They will their way to wins, and I don't see how a team like that can necessarily beat the Lakers. I don't want to say that that doesn't mean the Heat can't win games in this series because that can, you know, lead to them winning games. But at the end of the day, I think the Lakers' biggest, you know, um, concern in the NBA playoffs heading into it was playing a team like the Clippers or the Bucks, who, like we already said, don't have a bunch of playoff. I mean, Kawhi has playoff experience, uh, NBA Finals experience. Don't want to discredit that, even though he blew a 3-1 lead. Um, but those are teams who are talented. I don't think it's you know a controversial thing to say the Clippers and Bucks are more overall talented than the Heat are. Um, you know, and you could make a case if you break it down a certain way that the Clippers at the best or their Bucks at their best could be more talented than the Lakers. Uh, I think we would both disagree, but I don't think that's absurd to say. So that's where the the concern was going into the NBA playoffs against a team like the Heat, where they're better, and it really comes down to experience and whatnot. Like I just I don't know, man. I got Lakers. You know what? I'm going to keep it up. They've gentlemen sweeped everything thus far. They're going to gentlemen sweep again. Lakers in five. Mm-hmm. Before this podcast, I would have told you Lakers in six. Uh, I think I'm also going to go Lakers in five on this one. Okay. Um, I don't think it's the same type of series where, you know, you can give the Dunn chain to the Denver Nuggets uh, <laughs> before game one even is played. But, you know, it's – to me, the teams are just not close on paper, and I understand the intangibles and all that. You know, it's just 
I think the Lakers are such a far and away better team. They both have the same playoff record. I'm going to go Lakers in five. And Jason? Yeah. I have breaking news while we're recording this podcast. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. Woes just tweeted that the Clippers that blew a 3-1 lead have Uh fired Doc Rivers. Oh, Oh, love it. It's all falling apart. I love how they blame their, and granted, he was bad in that series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making excuses for Doc Rivers. Um, But I love how they blame the coach because Kawhi Leonard only scored 12 points and Paul George was bad. And he had to play the one-way players that they gave him, such as Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris was actually good in that finals in that series. Uh, Zubach and all those guys who turned in, you know, one-way players aren't good in the playoffs. Um, yep. I love how you know he's taking the blame from Clipper fans, and like I said, he wasn't great. I did criticize him when he mm-hmm. was, you know, kind of dealing with the roster that they gave him that supposedly was so deep. Um, that's funny. Can't wait yep. for them to sign like. Can't wait for them to hire Brett Brown and think they're going to make the finals. Yeah, Woes just tweeted 16 minutes ago. Who do they hire? Coach Rivers is out with the Clippers, sources tell ESPN. It's going to be so funny when they hire like Tyron Lue or Sam Cassell as their head coach. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Tyron Lue's the uh, assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That is crazy. Who's, yeah, so Tyron Lue, um, who else could be a potential favorite, do you think? So, like, uh,. Elvin Gentry's not a head coach in the NBA anymore, right? No, he just got fired. He wasn't very good. Yeah. Well, he he was fine. I think Elvin Gentry would probably get some looks. Um, Here's my thing. like Even Jason Kidd? I don't know. Jason Kidd's getting a lot of bid for uh, for some head coaching jobs. I don't think jobs. Jason Kidd's a great head coach. I know. He's awful. But, like, I would love. I would love for the Clippers to hire Jason Kidd. The Clippers, they better have, like, an actual good replacement in mind. Because, yeah, like I said, Doc wasn't perfect. But, like, you don't fire Doc Rivers unless you have someone lined up. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So, like, Doc Rivers, as much as we kind of clowned him, he's still a very remarkable coach. He's a I really mean, he's good player's titles. coach, too. He takes care of his stars. Mm-hmm, absolutely. They're going to... a little too much. <laughs> they're, oh, 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 I have it. I already have it. You know who's going to be the uh, coach of the, the Clippers next year? Who? Mike D'Antoni. Oh, yeah. That might be a good option for the Clippers, honestly. But they would have to kind of restructure their roster to get a bunch of three-point shooters. Hey, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Doc Rivers, early prediction, Sixers. They need someone who can handle their superstars, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and kind of get them to work together better. That's a mm. that's just like a that's a match made in heaven, quite frankly. Or yeah, I could see I the Doc Rivers would be a good option for sure. Or maybe the Rockets, just because his son is his son still in the Rockets. Yeah, he is. No, I think it's he's going to Philly. He's from Chicago. Maybe he goes no. Who who just who did the Bulls just hire? They just hired someone. I don't remember. Billy Donovan. Yeah, Billy Donovan. Um, so we both have Lakers in five. A little bit of breaking news there for you. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on before we go, and I kind of already touched on it. Uh, we were saving this for the end of the podcast, but I went on one of my rants. Um, it was just kind of the Lakers path to the NBA finals thus far. We didn't have a post game game five. We were kind of waiting for the Eastern conference finals to shake out. 
Uh, LeBron James was phenomenal. I believe he scored 16 or 17 points in the fourth quarter. Looked like vintage LeBron. One of the best games he's played in a while. That really looked like one of those um, Cavalier runs from a few years ago where he just put the mm-hmm. team on his back. Um, obviously, AD helped as well, but 38, 16, and 10 in 40 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the most he's played in any game all year. Um, he looked great. But every series thus far in the playoffs, Daniel, I feel like we've learned something about the Lakers, and this is what I wrote on our on our outline. And you can agree or disagree with me, but this is what I've learned. In the first round against Portland Trailblazers, you know, everyone, myself included, was saying, you know, the Trailblazers were the best eight seed in a while. And I do think they were. I'm not taking that away because they were red hot going into the playoffs. Um, overqualified eight seed. Lakers might be in trouble. This is a hard series. Lakers showed up. They dropped game one. Uh-oh, trouble in paradise. Charles Barkley said they were going to get swept. And then they responded by blowing the Blazers out of the water the next four games. Like, it, that series wasn't close. Um, some You can have a somewhat close 4-1 series. That series was not close at all. The Lakers beat them by, what was it, uh, 23, beat them by 8, but that was a, you know, take the starters out. They came back 29, another one of those. They were in control the whole time, and then they came back. So that proved that the Lakers were the best team, I think, in the playoffs because while the Lakers did that, you know, the – the Bucks kind of had their, even though they won each game by like 10 points, they kind of had their moments against the Magic. The Clippers definitely had their moments against the, Maver- uh, the Mavericks, Mavericks Magic. Um, that proved the Lakers were the best team in the playoffs. Then round two, the Houston Rockets. You know, they only have a 35% chance to beat the Rockets. Small ball team, they're in trouble. Uh, Rockets come out, blow the Lakers out of the water in game one. Oh no, they're in trouble. And then what is what happens? The Lakers adjust. Frank Vogel made some adjustments game four and five. Uh, they come out, they beat the Rockets in game two. I believe that was the game where the Rockets had that huge run to come back. It was either that or game three. The Lakers held on. Um, and all those games were decided by so decided by eight points, 10 points, 10 points, and 23 points. That series showed that the Lakers were able to adapt. They're able, able to adapt to the team they're playing based on their strengths, which is something that I don't know if any other NBA team in the playoffs can do right now. And that has to do with the coaching, and that has to do with you know the cast they build around and just you know LeBron being at the helm. The third series, what that proved me, proved to me, this was the first time, you know, in a few of these games where the Lakers, like, it, it just felt close. Like, there were games where I thought the Nuggets might win. Um, it showed their ability to kind of control these close games, these really must-win games, control them down the stretch, and hit clutch shots. Um, you know, game one wasn't close. You know, that was whatever. Uh, that's when we de- declared them the Denver Nuggets. Game two, you have the AD buzzer beater, which changed the whole series. You know, that's clutch. Um, game three, they came back and almost won, you know, this must-win game. They easily could have just, you know, on the game four. They didn't. You know, they almost won that game. Um, game four, I think, yeah, game three was that game. Game four, you know, was close the whole way through. The Lakers took a small lead in the beginning and then kind of just held it the rest of the game. LeBron had those great defensive stands against Jamal Murray at the end of the game. And then same thing, game five. They won by ten, but, you know, it's because they had a seven-point fourth quarter and they really pulled away. Um it was a close contested game and they proved to me that they will not be outwilled because that's what the Denver Nuggets were trying to do. And the Nuggets I thought played great, you know, as good as they could have. Yeah. Game five, Jokic and Murray only had a combined 39. Um, that showed that they will not be outwilled and that hurts the heat. I think we've learned everything from these first three rounds to tell me that the Lakers are going to be NBA champions. I think the Lakers win the NBA finals too, man. I think they're going to take it all. I agree with, Everything you just said in regards to the three series and the things that you saw and learned, I would mm. echo everything, literally everything. Um, I thought that was really good overall. 
Thanks, Daniel. Wow, you usually don't compliment yeah. me. Wow. Well, you complimented me earlier because what did I do? Oh, my Dwight Howard pick. <laughs> I got to give you a little love, too. Oh, it's exciting days. Lakers are in the NBA Finals. If you're excited, make sure you uh, follow us on anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, leave us a five-star review if you can. We would love that. Uh, maybe leave us your series predictions down you know, down in the Apple Podcast uh, reviews. Uh, do you have them in four? Do you have them in five? Do you have the Heat in six or seven or four and five? I hope not as a Laker fan. Um, but I do the same thing. I pick the Dodgers to lose series just so, you know, like reverse jinx almost. Um, but, yeah, we'll be coming back at you, I believe, on Thursday morning or Wednesday night. Game one is Wednesday, correct? Yes, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll either have a late night episode that night or an early morning episode on Thursday. In the meantime, go Lakers. Yeah. I'll, I'll be